Hello and welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. And uh, we're your host. Hi, I'm Damon. And over somewhere across the pond, not really, just town south, uh, I think it's Kyle. What's up, man? How's it going? Not bad, man. How you doing? Not too bad. Uh, and I believe we also have a guest today. Uh, Austin, how's it going? Um, yes, that is a fact. I am wonderful. <laughs> thank you for inviting Um, me of course austin's another friend of ours from our nice little facebook group um and austin you just want to tell the people a little bit about yourself i would love to um my name's austin waters i'm i live in chicago the greatest city in the world um i am in the small percentage of true believers that know that nick cage is the greatest actor of all time uh i also believe that jaden smith's acting career is better than will smith's since 2010 holy freaking Uh, yikes yeah i don't know i I could go on and on (laughs) that's fair okay i i I like the vibe that this uh pod is going to have i think (laughs) i will not be drafting jaden unfortunately but (laughs) oh speaking of not drafting Jaden, uh what are we going to be doing today so we are um this week we're doing a a sitcom draft um basically you know we uh we started talking to austin about about being on this this pod and something tv related was floated around for a while we thought this would be something super fun so so basically um you know we all love a good sitcom um essentially we all all three of us are going to be giving our our elevator pitch for a new sitcom um you're running down who our our showrunners are our showrunner um and then we have uh five slots we get to pick five um five actors for you know any kind of role um we can just pick you know a lead supporting what have you but we gotta you know explain what their sitcom trope is because everyone has one um and this is, you know, these are actors at any point in their life. Um, so if if someone is so inclined to pick Gary Busey right now, I don't know why, but go ahead, uh, knock yourself out. Um, I actually might have just convinced myself what my first pick is. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that is going to be how it kind of rolls. But uh, first, as always, we're going to go ahead and play a list game to figure out how the order is going to go. So Damon, what's our what's our list game for this week? Yes. Yes, sir. So for this list game, we're going to try to come up with as many sitcom pets or animals uh, as we can. So as long as they're live action, they're up for grabs. Uh, just like always, lightning style will go in order. Uh, Austin, you can go mm. first. And I believe me, I am next. And then Kyle, you'll finish it up. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Austin, uh, start us off. Yeah. So just quick question um oh. live action the show is live action what if the pet itself is not you know what we'll, we'll allow as long it. As, Why not? Yeah, as long as the show is live action okay phenomenal uh with my first one then i will be going with salem from sabrina the teenage witch you son of a bitch very nice <laughs> i'm going rowdy oh from scrimmage damn mm. um sprinkles angela's cat from the office uh marcel the capuchin Mm. from friends oh nice um and this is where i realized i didn't study at all for this (laughs) 
Um, I knew Salem. I really, I was going to say Salem. Thanks, Austin. Um, You're welcome. Uh, this is this is a uh, adult podcast. Yeah. Yes. Oh, definitely. Fun fact: my first ever sex dream was about Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> was Salem involved? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He wasn't just watching, just making witty remarks. <laughs> All right, Damon, you're on no. the clock. Yep. Um, so, okay. Um, it's funny how many you think of. Um, oh, let's see. Five seconds. And it. Angela's, uh, Angela's up a cat. um all right so that that was not a very quick or well it was a very quick round of guys uh awesome what was your going to be your next one did you have one little sebastian okay i see you you were gonna roll uh i i forgot i had comet from full house but Mm. i yeah i couldn't remember if any of robin's dogs if we find out their names and how i met your mother Mm. Or mm. I can't. I remember. immediately thought of Isn't... Shelby from Smallville, but that's you know it's not a sitcom. True. Eddie from Frasier. Um, there you go. Austin is Austin's one. clearly the champion. Oh, definitely. I mean, animated would have helped, but I feel like Austin would have ran away with it regardless. Well, I'm very well versed <laughs> in escapism. <laughs> so you're gonna do great for this. This is the perfect episode for you austin and since you won the get, uh, list game uh you're i believe we're gonna say kyle he can choose whether he wants to be first or last for sure. or yeah. yeah what would you like to do austin this is a snake draft yeah yes okay uh i have to go first because i gotta make sure i get my number one pick i respect it okay and then kyle uh will that just leave uh, us in order uh so you second and me third uh, sure or do- i mean it, it doesn't matter okay. to me if you want to go second that's fine I'll go okay. third. I will be perfectly fine with the awesome. turn. Um, so, Austin, as our guest, you get to go first. Uh, not because you won the list game. We don't, we don't care about that. <laughs> um, so, first off, if you want to just tell us, what is the premise of your show, your sitcom, and your showrunner? Okay. Uh, so, my show will be called Camp Century. It is based off of... Um, some declassified CIA documents. Uh, so this is real. There was a project called Project Iceworm uh, during the Cold War that the United States Army built an underground mobile nuclear missile launch site underneath the ice in Greenland. Uh, they built an entire camp that is uh, about... 2,500 miles in length that was supposed to be able to deploy up to 600 nukes. Uh, The uh, Kingdom of Denmark had no idea that this was happening. It was a completely covert project. Uh, It started in 1960, but then unstable ice conditions caused it to be canceled in 1966. So, uh, basically, I was thinking it would be like hogan's heroes kind of thing except nobody's trying to really escape uh mixed with almost like fantastic mr fox and that it would all be happening in this underground camp hmm 
So for, for those people not very familiar with Fantastic Mr. Fox, would you elaborate, sir? Just yeah. to, just to so air. It's basically a sequence of tunnels. Uh, so it will all be happening underground. Uh, there will be tunnels and passageways, and it'll just kind of be almost like uh, if you were just only on the USS Enterprise, <laughs> but it were underground. Wow. <laughs> this is very intriguing. Yeah. So uh, I know because of the time, obviously, this would be a very, if I weren't going with completely just like, no, I'm not going historical because it's fucking absurd. Uh, and I don't want to cast only white men, which is what would be happening if it were a CIA project in 1960. So we're scrapping that. And because of that, my showrunner will be Prentice Penny of Insecure fame. Oh, okay. He's fucking hilarious. And uh, if you watch Insecure, you're very well aware of who he is. And then also if you watch the after credit conversations that he has, you're kind of aware of the vibe that he has with his cast uh and how collaborative it all is uh and that's kind of the feel that i'm going for that's amazing well i I just looked him up and he is a writer for happy endings which i just watched and i love so i i'm down Uh, sign me up already yes yeah also happy endings taking place in the greatest city in the world (laughs) uh um okay so so that's a very yeah, right. Uh, such a unique uh, backdrop, yeah. really. Something we've never really seen. So I, I feel like that's going to give a lot of energy for for your show. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the goal. It, it it I think it might be a little tough being under ice the entire time, but that's why it's an actor driven show. Well, I mean, speaking of that, let's go ahead. I mean, let's hear your uh, your first pick. Who's your who's your first pick to star in this bad boy? Yeah, so uh, my first pick is someone who I've been aware of for quite some time. Uh, recently, probably in the last four years, kind of burst onto the public scene. Uh, but I saw their first movie ever seven years ago, which was mind blowing. Uh, so my first pick is Lakeith Stanfield. <gasps> yes. Wow. Uh, most people started to kind of pick up on who he was right around Atlanta and Get Out. Uh, and then he was in Sorry to Bother You, obviously. But he was also in the unbelievable movie Short Term 12. Incredible. Uh, with Brie Larson and John Gallagher Jr. Uh, West Wing fans. You know, he was in an episode and a half of that. It's got Caitlin Dever and Rami Malek before they were famous. Stephanie Beatriz before she was famous. Phenomenal movie. Check it out. Also, I am obsessed with comedic actors that can also do drama. Uh, Or, I mean, comedy is way harder than drama, so I'm more concerned with dramatic actors who can do comedy. But uh, his timing in Atlanta is everything that I want. His quirkiness and his passion and just everything about him he was also in a uh dope netflix only uh rom-com called someone great yep had britney snow and gina rodriguez 
So he is my first pick. Uh, the vibe I kind of had with him, I was picturing him in a white lab coat and goggles the entire time being the uh, not mad, but enigmatic scientist. <laughs> uh, if anybody has seen Dollhouse, uh, the vastly superior to Firefly Joss Whedon show. Uh, Another hot <laughs> pick. I was picturing him pretty much as Topher in that show. Ah, okay. Just like genius, knows he's genius, not the best at working with people. Uh, or uh, as Fitz from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., just that kind of personality. Okay because I'm a sucker for geniuses who aren't that socially aware, but just know that they are geniuses and won't take shit from the jock types, which, you know, in a CIA covert project, you're sure to get a lot of. For sure. And he, um, so he's, he's basically your Reed Richards. Uh, I love it. This is, Lakeith is uh, just an incredibly, I want to say underrated actor, but you're right. He has kind of exploded onto the scene recently. Um, also turns a great performance and as kind of a side role in Uncut Gems. Um, yeah, this is a really, really solid pick. I love it. I do too. I mean, uh, like you said, really, he is Reed Richards the way you described him. And I, I think he could really play some some nice comedic parts depending on who else you cast and what other kind of roles you're going to be playing with. But I I like that. Is he going to be your your star essentially, or is it going to be more oh, of an ensemble? ensemble for sure. gotcha. Just okay. just wait until gotcha. the next okay. and you'll understand. <laughs> oh, that that's okay. Good to know. I just kind of trying to pick up your vibe. Uh, I love Lakeith. He's such a fantastic actor. I would love to see him in that medium, really, of of a sitcom and and see what he can do with it. Yeah, really solid. I love it. Yeah, actually. All five of the people who I'm gunning for the hardest uh, are pretty much, I think, the best part of whatever they're in and yet are never the lead. Mm. So they're all pretty much character actors who either never got their due or were okay being on the side with no like intense plot development. Uh, with the exception of... Uh, Hopefully, my next pick, if you guys don't stab me in the back, <laughs> because they recently got their own show. But Okay, so that's a great way to start off the uh, the draft. Uh, Austin, thank you so much for that one. Uh, and I think, uh, Kyle, uh, if you want to give us the breakdown okay, of yours. Okay, so um, my sitcom, I'm going to go ahead and give the description first, because the title is still in flux, um, because that's how prepared I come, folks. Um so this is uh, essentially, you know, our our lead is a, you know, he's a an, an aspiring screenwriter, um, not very new, but he, you know, he's in Hollywood trying to, he's on that grind trying to get his his project uh, green lighted, uh, green lit. Um, he meets and uh, falls in love with the the talent agent for the person who's going to be playing the lead role in this film. Um, and it's, you know, the, your classic, you know, will they, won't they kind of relationship. Um, you've also got uh, his best friend who is a, a bartender in Hollywood. Um, used to act a long time ago, but kind of just gave up on it. He is your classic, you know, the best friend who just never really seems to have their shit together. Um, 
And essentially, uh, it's just about this guy, you know, he's working in the ins and outs of Hollywood, trying to get his, his film made, but also, you know, pursuing this, this thing with uh, this girl he just met. Um, so it's going to be written by uh, kind of a one-two punch, uh, Bill Hader and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mm. <laughs> um, I I love Barry. I love Fleabag, and really anything. Um, I think that they are two of the just the smartest voices in uh, television right now. Really, just in Hollywood, um, they just really understand uh, really the the different beats of comedy and how to kind of weave in um, some real drama as well. And I think that they'd be able to write some really just uh, compelling characters. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick my lead role, my, uh, my screenwriter. Um, this is an actor who, you know, I've only recently kind of um, discovered uh, over the past couple of years. Mm. You know, I, one of my big blind spots is arguably his most famous role, but I've really kind of fallen in love with him through, um, through movies like the big sick and, uh, just recently, mm-hmm. the Lovebirds. I'm going with uh, Kamal Nanjiani, and Mr. Nanjiani. I apologize if I just butchered your first name, but you know, obviously, he's listening. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. of course, he hasn't been you. responding to my text, so I don't know. <laughs> um, like I said, just I've become such a big fan of his over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, because of the Big Sick, I have not seen Silicon Valley, but um just really lo- loved him in Stuber I know a lot of people weren't a big fan of that movie but I thought it was just a classic kind of lethal weapon you know buddy cop throwback and he and uh Dave Batista had some great chemistry um but I think that he uh Kamal is just he has such a winning uh personality and just a really great charm to him um he's able to play kind of that nerdy role um obviously as as um as I assume is seen in Silicon Valley but he also just um recently has displayed uh, an ability to kind of break out of that and bulk the hell up uh, for the Eternals. Um, (laughs) He uh, he's also, you know, he's, I listened to a podcast that he and his wife, Emily do. Um, It's kind of just like uh, they call it a limited series because they're only doing it during, you know, all this quarantine. So it's just, he's one of really true, truly one of the, just the big positive voices in Hollywood right now. Um, And I think that, I'd love to see him kind of spearhead this, this sitcom as a screenwriter. He uh, He's a huge film fan, a big film buff. Um, and so he would know kind of the ins and outs of, of Hollywood. He himself is a writer. Um, you know, he wrote The Big Sick. Uh, he, like I said, just has that very charming quality. And I think that he, um, you know, uh, a lot of my favorite sitcoms, it's interesting. A lot of my favorite sitcoms have, you know, protagonists that I end up kind of hating and rooting against <laughs> and I think that uh for one reason or another uh Ted Mosby don't 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 at me uh, I was just gonna say go ahead and cite how I met your mother yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but uh, I think Kamal would Kamal I'm sorry uh would be kind of the exception to that I think that he again would just be kind of this just uh very hopeful guy in Hollywood um kind of goes through the process that, you know, is absolute hell of trying to get this, this film made and um, meeting, meeting a girl and falling in love and just exploring kind of all the ins and outs and convolutions of, of Hollywood. Um, I, I love that pick, man. I, like you said, I haven't even been able to watch a lot of his stuff. I haven't even watched the big sick yet, but uh, he's so good. He's so 
he's able to show stress and comedy all at once. And he's, he's a very warm yeah. character yeah. on screen. And his, he has chemistry with almost every single person he's ever shared the screen with, oh, which is tough to do. Yeah. He, if you like haven't yet, check out uh, the lovebirds on Netflix. It's a fun little movie, but the, easily the best part is, is him in the uh, Issa Rae's chemistry. It's just electric. Yep. Yeah. I watched it a couple of days ago. I, I I watched Stuber like last week. Yeah. It, it was so fun. Uh, him playing off of Dave, he's able to just kind of run with any any kind of personality. Like you said, he really is able to develop that chemistry with pretty much anybody. Yeah, my favorite moment of his in his entire career is just the 30-second cameo that he had on Broad City. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that without spoiling oh. Lovebirds, he's just apparently loves amazing race because it keeps getting brought up <laughs> it really does <laughs> yeah he i just think that he like i said would be um you really want to root for this guy he's got that just he really wins you over um and he's gonna go ahead and spearhead this uh this sitcom so um damon let's uh let's let's hear your first pick all right awesome so my my first off we're gonna just kind of go over what my show is going to be about it is titled The Fun Center. Uh, the Fun Center, an indoor-outdoor amusement park, also known as a family entertainment center and based in Fort Worth, Texas, is rating for its grand reopening under new management, who is personally hired by the owner. We follow the manager and his eccentric crew of employees as they try to keep this place from closing like all the others across the country. Um, so, you know, those, you know, the ones with the go-karts and the arcade and the food court, Y'all know yeah. what I'm talking oh, yeah. about, right? You came prepared, prepared. This is impressive. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I, it's just what I do. I have tons of time on my hands. It's like, <laughs> um, But so it's going to be centered around this this one called the Fun Center uh, in, in Fort Worth. So you're going to have this kind of Texas, Southern, Dallas vibe that's going to be a lot of fun to play with, uh, especially when you look at who I'm getting as my showrunner. Because he knows how to play in Texas. Is it George W. Bush? Uh, and he... <laughs> <God> damn it! <laughs> yes. I, you know, I almost want to change it just to see what George. Well, he's w. friends with Ellen, so it might work out. But but no, uh, it's someone who has actually written a TV show before. Uh, and it's mm, Mr. Mike Judge. Love it, of course. Yes, uh, the man, you know, uh, you might know him for King of the Hill or uh, Office Space. Um, dude, dude is just very funny and relatable. Uh, he's able to show very mundane things, um, but able to pick the, the humor out of it in, in mm. so many different ways. Um, so I, I really wanted to run with him for this kind of idea because I kind of think of fun center going as kind of an office space, spiritual sequel kind mm. of, you know, um, to, to show these people living these lives that they might not be wanting to live and just trying to, to make it, make it out alive and, and finding the, the funny in it. So with that being said, I want to go with my first pick. Um, and this is going to be, this is an ensemble show, but this is going to be the person we meet first. Uh, he'll be kind of, you know, our, our, uh, what's the word, uh, mm. audience proxy, <laughs> you know, the person who learn everything with, uh, and, and the, the trope we're going to be rolling with for this person is the new kid. 
uh, who's who's su- who pretty much knows everything. They're they're very just super arrogant, and they're they're just ready to kind of take take whatever they're doing and run with it. And for this character, I am rolling with 1985 Michael oh, J. Fox. Marty, fuck, it's <laughs> a good one. Yes, uh, you know we have family ties. We have Back to the Future. We have uh, Spin City. We we we've seen him in so much. You know the couple the season of uh, Scrubs. Uh, we all know who Michael J. Fox is, but in 1985, he had this very boyish charm that was that was kind of equal parts cocky and equal parts kind of goofy, you know, kind of nerdy. And I, I kind of like that weird balance. And so for this character, who we're naming Huckleberry <laughs> Hogan, who goes by Huck for short. It, so he is Huck Hogan. Oh, my God. Uh, he is attending DTX University as a graphics designer major because this is in current day time. Uh, he enjoys the very lush music scene and the the brewery scene in uh, downtown Dallas. And uh, he got this job as a part of a promise to his parents. Uh, you know, so he's just kind of doing it to appease uh, appease his family and and just do it in the in part time while he's going to college. Right? He's smart, witty. He's ready to run this place really. And so we meet him on this first day with this first episode. And we are going to follow him through uh, and we're going to see him go from this, this kind of cocky, just upstart kid to really seeing the world kind of beat him down. And it's going to be, be fun and sad at the same time. And, and so that's who I'm going for my first pick. I love it. Fun and sad at the same time is just what my Tinder bio says. So. <laughs> uh, this is a solid pick, man. I mean, there's not much that hasn't already been said about, about Michael J. Fox. This is, you know, the prime of his career. Um, Marty, I think, is just everyone's favorite kind of lovable asshole in a movie. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't like to be called chicken. Um, yeah, this is this is a, a solid <laughs> pick. I, uh, I'm actually kicking myself for not thinking of this. This is, wow, great call. I was really scared <laughs> one of y'all was going to go for him. You know, he that early or even later, you know, he's sure. old no matter when. Yeah. He was on my list. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad. You're just making it um, easier for me. So, uh, we'll, we'll shoot. Okay. So I will just gonna, we're going to go ahead and roll into my second pick. Um, and this guy is going to be the reluctant mentor. The, the person who has tasked to showing a uh, huck around the fun center the first few days and then going forward, he's going to be the grumpy cynical asshole of the show and the fun center. He's been there the longest. Um, and he's just never moved up. You know, he's just there to get a, get a paycheck and no one really, really gets, gets him. you know, um, he's very quiet, but he seems like he knows literally every fact about anything. Um, so who I'm casting in this role is going to be Jake Johnson. Damn it. Yes. That was, yeah, I thought both of you might pick him. (laughs) I had to. Uh, Nick Miller is one of my favorite characters of all time. So, yeah, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, another Chicago person. I guess I like Chicago, you know, Uh, Chicago, at least. 
Um, but Dick Johnson from, from, you know, new girl, he's done a couple different movies. Um, but I, I love the facial expressions he does. I love how grumpy he can play. You know, he, he, he was a man child really. And as an, uh, and in this role where you're going to see him be a little bit more of a serious person, but still, still can kind of, you know, lash it out and throw it out there for people when he needs to, and just kind of be absurd. Uh, Cause we're going to, as we see him go on, we're going to learn a little more about him. You know, we're going to see his, his actual life and see why he's so cynical and hates everything. Um, and I think Jake could play that really well. And also him and Michael J. Fox playing with each other like that, you know, that chemistry I think would be really quick to build. Um, and just a lot of energy, a lot of like high energy. Cause I, that, that's what I'm going for with this show is, is going to be chaotic chaos. Yeah. He seems like the slowest person. That's also high energy at the same time. And it's hard to explain yeah, for sure where you just like, he's not moving fast. He's not really like energetic, but there's just an energy about him. Yeah. yeah he's like a <laughs> energetic sloth. <laughs> and if you haven't seen safety, not guaranteed, that's kind of like the exact role that he plays. In he that really too, he plays himself in that movie. More serious. Yeah. He yeah. great movie. He's also great in Win It All and Drinking Buddies. He's really kind of made a great name for himself with the the indie love scene. Drinking. But obviously, you know, Nick Miller's my favorite. I also love him as uh, as Peter Parker in, uh, in Into the Spider Verse. I mean, he's he's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm right in like. Oh, I was go just ahead, say, awesome. I'm drinking a Revolution beer right well, there now. There you go. Which is the brewery he works at, Drinking <laughs> Buddies. Oh, wow, you know, full circle right there. Um, so those are my first two picks. Um, so we can go swing back around to Kyle All right. for well, his second. I'm going to go ahead and... So I had, for you know, I described the best friend of uh, Kamel's character. He's, he's a bartender. Um, I think it's pretty clear that I had Jake Johnson decided for that pick. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and roll with my second pick. Um, you know, this is, I, I really, for the description for this guy, I literally just have three or, uh, just three entries. It's best friend, bartender, human disaster. I think that sums him up. He just has never really gotten his life together. Like I said, he was an actor way back when, but he has since just kind of, you know, he's also, he's relatively cynical and he just, uh, he's best friends with Kamel's character and he supports him, you know, getting his, his screenplay out there, but he is perfectly happy just um, kind of living his life. Um, and he kind of provides that, uh, that Marshall Erickson wisdom for, uh, for Kamel yeah. sometimes and the least, when you least expect it. Um, and also he's going to meet and fall in love with one of my other picks. Um, but for right now, going to go ahead and roll with this one so for this character i'm going to go with uh mark duplass um i think he he and jake johnson are kind of two sides of the same coin uh, obviously they start together in uh safety not guaranteed mark duplass has that same kind of one second, one second. Oh. sorry okay you're good you're good okay um but yeah mark has that he has that same kind of energy that jake brings he uh he's a little older but he um you know, he just, I mean, I love him in, uh, I love him in the league and, uh, you know, uh, creep and I mean, blue Jay just fill in the blank. Uh, he's also, uh, one of the co-creators of room one Oh four. Um, 
one of those really fun kind of underrated anthologies. Uh, he, he just kind of, he understands what I think it takes to really be that offbeat indie comedy without coming off to Wes Anderson. Um, and uh, that's kind of what I'm going for, for the vibe of this show, especially having it written by Bill Hader and, and Phoebe Waller bridge. I think they bring kind of the sharp uh, cynical um, comedy to it, but Mark Duplass kind of grounds it as that, um, funny offbeat guy that you can't help but love he's just a lovable kind of goofball um and he's definitely bringing uh the league energy for this role um like i said he's you know he's the best friend of kamel he's he's a bartender but he really just like he's 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 one of those guys who has like the you know the high epitomes and thinks he's saying something really smart but it's like something incredibly simple incredibly simple um and i think that him playing off of kamel would just be uh, potential for for endless comedy. I I love that pick, man. Uh, I love the league, and he's a big part of that. He has he has a lot of good energy, and especially in that big ass cast, you know. So, um, I really like that a lot. Uh, he could definitely play that that side that sidekick role to Kamel uh, very well. I, I really really like that uh, that pick, for you, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, the league is one of those shows that you think like you have to tell your friends like, oh, it's about fantasy football, but it's just so much better than that. Exactly, <laughs> just like this podcast, guys. He's... It's not about fantasy football. It's it's <laughs> it's about so much more. The the scene when he's moving into his uh, new apartment and uh, uh. Damn, I forgot his name. Uh, but he's trying to open a beer, and then he just goes, "Yeah, man, they're twisties." <laughs> it's just like one of the best comedic so timing. Good. Very good comedic timing, I, I'd say. Uh, very underrated as far as the league goes. You know, I don't think he's talked about enough uh, when he's in the league. Yeah, and I'll also mention too, if if you know if you're listening, you haven't seen the movie Blue Jay, seek that out because this guy, I mean, he's he's funny as hell, but when he wants to. When he wants to bring the drama, he really can. Uh, Blue Jay is just a great movie. It was um, directed by uh, Patrick Bryce, who uh, very frequently works with with Mark. Um, he also directed him in Creep. Um, written by Mark Duplass. Uh, most of the dialogue is just improved by him and Sarah Paulson. Um, really, really great romantic film. Um, kind of devastating, but just he, he he kind of that's he really shows potential in that movie to kind of show a little bit more of a, you know, the softer side, which I want to kind of tap into in this, in this sitcom. That's going on the list. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. I've never oh, even heard great. of that. It's on Netflix. Oh, all right. Awesome. Um, and real quick, before we get to Austin's next uh, two picks, we are going to take a real quick, uh, quick break guys. Uh, so we'll be right back. All right. All right. Uh, welcome back. So we, um, I think we just wrapped up with my, my second pick from Mark Duplass. So that go, that's going to take us to, to Austin for his second and third picks. Outstanding. So uh, my next pick, uh, people know her kind of from everything. Uh, they know her as at least they know her as a face. Uh, she has been a character in so many 
phenomenal comedies. But the first time I distinctly remember falling in love with her uh, was uh, I went to see The Mummy 3 at midnight (laughs) because I thought, you know, this is going to be a great movie. I'm 18. I'm going to cut loose. I'm going to go see this movie at midnight by myself. Uh, I got there four hours early because I assumed everybody was as big a Brendan Fraser (laughs) fan as I was. This was not the case. I was, in fact, the only person in the movie theater when it started. But because I got there four hours early to get in line, there was a movie called Step Brothers playing next door that I was like, nah, I don't think this is going to be that good. But I went and sat in there and saw Katherine Hahn just dominate every fucking scene she was in. Uh, and that is the kind of mood I'm looking for. It's just a comedic genius that also has chemistry mm. with everybody can also do dramatic if anybody watches yep. mrs fletcher on hbo uh she killed it in that she is heartbreaking and wonderful uh she's i mean again we're just gonna probably cast everybody from into the spider verse <laughs> but uh Every, everything she touches she makes better she's one of those people where you can't think of a thing that she has been in and take her out and replace her with anybody. And it's not going to get better. Uh, she was great in parks and rec. I could just keep going on and on. So Catherine Hahn, uh, I don't really have a trope. Honestly, I did not think that far ahead, but just as an ensemble, uh, I, she's just going to kind of be who she is and everything like the, Mo- probably more so Parks and Rec because Jen Barkley is just mm-hmm. powerful, so uh, and I love. Yeah. I my goal is to have pretty much everybody in the ensemble have their own kind <laughs> of power. There will be no weak links. I love it. Catherine Hahn is just man; she's the best. Um, I felt the same way about Step Brothers. I didn't see it in theaters, but I yeah, I figured you know I'm not a huge Will Ferrell fan. Um, I feel like I've seen all his movies and they're all the same. Um, I felt the exact same way once I finished it. She is just, she's the absolute best part of that thing. Her and Adam Scott, uh, the sweet child of mine scene is just, uh, it's hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. Also, she's, yeah. you know, you mentioned her dramatic turn in, uh, what was it called? Mrs. That's right, Mrs. Fletcher. Mrs. Fletcher. Um, she's also in the brand new HBO series, um, I Know This Much Is True. Uh, it's Mark Ruffalo. He plays identical twins. Um, and she, I believe, is the wife of one of them more of a dramatic role. I've only seen the first episode, but really solid so far. Um, She can really do it all. Um, So this is a great, you know, you need this kind of, uh, you need this kind of performer in in your sitcom that can, uh, because I mean, sitcoms, they kind of ebb and flow. And I think that you need that, that one actor to really anchor the show and to kind of fill any gap that they need to at any point. So Catherine is, is perfect for that. Yeah, I, I love that pick. I mean, she also just uh, recently, she's the mother in the uh, animated series Central Park on Apple TV now. Yes. Uh, another Lauren Bouchard, uh, uh, you know, show. And she's a great singer, so comedic. Like you said, Step Brothers, she was so, she really stole every scene she was in. You know, I, I, the bathroom scene, she just hikes her <laughs> leg up. It's just, you were like, holy shit. Uh, she goes for it, you know. She's not afraid to to be big and bold, and I I, I love to see what you know her playing with Lakeith, you know, and and whoever else you're going to really cast. Uh, I love her energy. Um, 
So I, I love that pick also. All right. Uh, moving right along. Uh, my next pick is someone who uh, I have been a fan of for it feels like my entire life. Uh, it's one of those people who just you can't go back far enough in your memory and think of a time when you didn't know who they were and they weren't just wrecking you from the beginning. Uh, and I know it's going to come as a shock since I love, you know, Nick Cage and Kesha and Jaden Smith and I'm drinking out of a <laughs> box of wine right now, but I'm pretty bougie. Uh, and <laughs> along with that is like, I am not a big fan of how people are conflating, uh, stand up and one person shows uh these days but uh this person has been a phenomenal one-man performer uh these days it would probably be more stand up and that all of their stories were personal and just heart-wrenching but also just fucking mind-numbingly hilarious and he can become anybody uh, as we've seen in Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge and Ice Age, uh, and uh, it's literally just like could keep going on and on. Holy about hell. Yes. Uh, and he he's gonna just gonna be the energy guy because when you live under hundreds of feet of ice, you need to have an energy. Uh, and so the role for him, I was thinking, is not necessarily the troublemaker, but, you know, in any kind of camp situation or quarantine situation, as we're finding, uh, there's always one guy who can kind of pick at everybody and figure out how to keep them moving on. Uh, so he would be the guy who they go to his room underground to kind of cut loose. Uh, and he's just going to... Bring the energy night after night. John Leguizamo is an absolute legend. Um, I actually just rewatched John Wick the other night and completely forgot he's in that. Um, Yeah, this guy's Mm -hmm. been around for seems like forever, um, and he's still killing the game. That's that's a solid pick. I didn't even think about him. He has so many just like thirty minute (laughs) one man shows on HBO that if you haven't seen them, watch them because you'll see these early 90s one-man shows and think holy shit did this come out this year because he's just so timeless hell yeah man i I like that pick i mean you didn't even mention the pest or super mario brothers which was his best role by far (laughs) Um, i know why you're laughing uh he he killed it as luigi uh mario um for me it's always gonna be (laughs) no ice age Age was a classic i mean i i went and saw that in theaters that that first one as a little kid and I think he was one of the big parts of it because he was so fun in every role he does. Um, I, you couldn't really pick a better person for that energy guy and to get everybody, you know, kind of on the same page and bring them together and unwind. Uh, that's my favorite pick so far of yours for sure. I, I, I love John, John Leguizamo. All right. Um, so that's going to go ahead and take us, I believe, back to my third pick. Yes, sir. All right. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and roll with, um, you know, I mentioned uh, Kamel is he's writing a screenplay and he uh, it's eventually greenlit and he meets, you know, the person he wants to 
um, play the lead role in this film. Um, the movie is uh, it's a bit of a dramatic kind of romance film, and he he gets a lot of shit from you know from Mark Duplass about it, and he he's called a sap, and he's trying to you know make his own name and make it more of a clever kind of commentary on the rom com. But um, the I'm gonna go ahead and cast the the actor that he approaches to play the lead role in this film, and this is an actor who. Uh, in the show he you know the actor is is he's he's kind of a legend in the comedy genre and so he's trying to like a lot of people he gets tired of that status and wants to branch out into other things and he approaches Kamel thinking that uh the role is going to be this uh you know really heavy uh oscar bait kind of drama role um only to find out that it's kind of just this clever meta commentary on the rom-com um and so he he's a he it's almost a bit of a meta role for this actor i'm picking um i'm gonna go with someone i mean this man lives so big in my heart for so many reasons we've already you know talked a lot about why we love this man on the last podcast um i'm going with robin williams um and this is this Mm. is uh this is goodwill hunting era you know my favorite performance of his but this is 97 robin williams he you know much like his character he's you know he's at the peak of his career i would argue and um, you know, he is a comedy legend and his, his character, like I said, he, he he's a little bit like the, if you've seen the, the movie Birdman, uh, Michael Keaton's character in that, he's kind of just tired of playing this iconic role and wants to, you know, be a little more serious. Um, and so he's going to be kind of that, that actor who he wants to be taken more seriously. And once he starts reading the script for this film, he's like, you know, oh, this is just another, you know, rom-com and he's thinking he's being typecast and he doesn't think anyone takes him seriously. And he kind of forms this um, begrudging relationship with Kamel as they're working together on the film and kind of a, you know, a, a dysfunctional father son relationship sort of, but um, I don't think, you know, there's much I need to say about why I pick Robin. Uh, I think that he just um, more than comedy is just one of the greatest actors of all time. He, uh, had just such a, a warm presence ab- about him and and you know he could make you cry laughing but could also just make you cry <laughs> he uh he's just he's the father everyone wished they had um i still haven't gotten over uh the loss of him and i think that you know this was kind of my way of of uh paying homage to that um and you know i think that just pairing him up with kamel would be really fun to see he kind of be this guy who again like at first at first he's a little upset and frustrated that he's playing the same kind of role but they form a begrudging respect of each other and he starts to kind of take him under his wing and show him around the the ins and outs of of hollywood i love that pick kyle uh i mean i i spoke what you know how i feel about robin last episode he, he means so much to me, to, to so many people. And to see him do a role like that would be so cool. Um, I, I would, I really wouldn't know what to expect from it. Uh, and to see him play off of Kamel uh, would be really enjoyable, I think. I, I think that would be really probably one of the, the bright spots of your show. Yeah, I, yep. Uh, yeah, it's unquestionable. Yeah, he, I just, I knew, so I was, you know, going back and forth between him and um, someone else who I don't want to name in case he gets picked by one of you guys. I don't want to steal that thunder, but I just think that 
you know, Robin, he encapsulates kind of that, that just that warm, you know, there's a reason I picked him from Goodwill Hunting, you know, he's Sean McGuire in this movie. He's again, he's an older actor who's, who's kind of seen all of, all of it in Hollywood and he's kind of tired of it. And so he's got a little bit of that cynical nature to him, but his relationship with Kamel is going to be kind of the, the heart of the show. You know, they form this kind of this bond um, and he helps him, like I said, kind of traverse uh, Hollywood and, and all of that. But um, yeah, I couldn't go with anyone else. I had to go with Robin. I dig it. You have anything yep. to, to add uh, Austin? No, I, I love Robin Williams. I'm a little upset that like my first, well, my first memory of him is, I had to sneak downstairs and watch Jumanji because I wasn't old enough. But then my next one is Flubber, <laughs> which is a little upsetting. But uh, the, yeah, there's probably not another comedic actor that has loomed as large for me as well. Uh, and that's the thing about Robin, too, is you know, something like Flubber is not a great movie, but he just makes the most of it. And he's still just an absolute treat to watch. That's true. Even in bad movies, yeah. Robin was always fun, and you really couldn't say he was bad. Right. Just, just bad material. Yeah, um, for sure. All right. Yeah, even like fucking Night at the whoa, Museum. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Those are good movies, sir. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we're moving on before before we, we uh, have arguments here. Um, Go ahead and pick <laughs> Um. I believe it's going to be my pick next. And so we are going to be talking next about the, the new manager of the fun center. He he's going to be the guy in charge. He's uh, taking over to oversee this new grand grand reopening, make sure everyone's trained and, and ready. Um, so this is the optimistic leader, uh, very charismatic, ready to get everyone on track, make sure everyone's happy doing their job. And for this role, to play Julius Faulkner, uh, a former high school principal, uh, is Andre Brower. <laughs> Captain Holt. Captain Raymond Holt. Nice. Yes. Um, another one of my absolute favorite characters right there. Um, I just love how he's so he takes everything so seriously and what he does. He takes his crap very, very uh, genuine, but he, in, in his comedic role is uh, in Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's just so fun, you know. Um, and I want to be able to bring that more out, you know. And with this role, he's going to be able to be a little bit looser. He's going to not be as serious as Captain Holt. He's going to be a little funner. He's going to be. He likes kids. He likes to to make sure everyone's having a good time. So I really think Andre would be able to to really uh, elevate with that role and still be able to be serious uh when we we need it love it also both uh he and robin williams from <laughs> chicago so oh wow a lot of chicago in this this podcast so much love it's the only <laughs> love it gets um i i love andre he's yeah i mean i i remember uh of course i'm blanking now but i remember watching it back in the day i forgot what it was called there was some crime show he was in back in the day um but he, he, yeah, it was homicide. homicide. Yep. Um, Andre's great, man. He just has he just has a really cool presence to him. And even as Holt, you know, he's made kind of that name as like 
the uh, the stoic but like really funny guy but he still just has this very like it's hard to explain but just a very like cool kind of presence to him and i like that he's he's essentially like your chris traeger like i like that he's more of like the optimistic kind of like get everyone excited kind of guy that's a little different i i think that's kind of against type for him and that'd be really fun to see him kind of uh, explore that right like uh, in my notes i even put he's going to be as we learn more about him he's a, a gigantic man child who's never really grown up that's why he's always kind of been around kids awesome. is because he just still he feels akin to them you know he, he's on the same level so he, he just always he always really wants to kind of play uh so that'll be a, a fun thing to see for sure Every time he fakes makes fun of Madeline Wunsch and like breaks where he just laughs and giggles like a kid is just the best it's part Wunsch of that time. show. So that would be un- unbelievable. Oh, the, to watch. the line that he has is, is fan- fantastic. And then having him play against Jake Johnson, oh, I sure. think is going to be a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Uh, similar to him and with Andy Samberg, but I, I think on a different level. Um, and then also with him going with my next pick who um, is going to be playing the, the manager of the food court of the fun center. And, and she is going to be our Southern white trash mom of, of the show, you know, kind of your, what you would think of, of the stereotypical Southern Southern mom, uh, you know, has the uh, everything embroidered, embroidered, but uh, she's, she's very cheap. Uh, she loves the shotgun beers. She's a pro gun. She loves her Dallas Cowboys, which is going to be a very big, big gag <laughs> in the whole show. Yes. Ugh. It, uh, she even has named her three kids, uh, Dallas Aikman and Jenny Jones. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I already hate her. But, but, uh, as we see who, when she's played by who is Caitlin Olson, Um, of always sunny and the mick fame yeah yes we're going to see her kind of really show that she's you know she's not a dumb person she she not might have some very skewed views uh and you know in contrast to everyone else but she means well and she's she's pretty sharp you know um she's she's not dumb she she kind of knows what's going on in the world even if she's (laughs) she doesn't really see it how everyone else sees it but also we, we see her go forward with um, really she's always going to be there for everyone at the fun center. She kind of is the shirt, uh, the surrogate mom of the group in this really weird way that I, I'm, I, you know, I think Mike judge would be able to explore really well. And um, I love Caitlin Olson. Uh, she's so funny, so quick, you know, um, her timing's great. I loved her in the Mick super mm. underrated show. I hate that it got canceled, Yeah, but um just you know, you see her as D, and she's able to to take so much punishment as a physical comedian, and then you know she's just able to to really be able to be on anyone's level, whoever she's on screen with. And I, I think you know, with that, her playing against uh, Andre Brower, who they're going to have a this really weird animosity towards one another. It's it's not going to be kind of lunch level, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So <laughs> I love it. This feels this feels like a. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't believe. I was just gonna say I can't believe that Damon picked someone. No, from no way, sunny. man. Why would I do that? <laughs> Had to happen. <laughs> I, I love it. This is kind of like a 
feels like a spiritual this is like an alternate universe d um super fun uh yeah i love her as d she's just always the butt of the joke and it it takes a certain actor to be that without it being super just kind of (laughs) sad and uh she does that really well um i think that she's this is a perfect role for her um and i'm very what you said about her and andre is kind of the most intriguing thing to me i'd love to see them kind of square off that's that's super fun yes yes yeah i'm also a fan most like her and rob's uh videos together kind of show what her relationship with andre <laughs> brown sure. would be like i, I think so I, I i like that um but we were gonna leave the fun center and we're gonna head on back towards uh kyle's next pick all right um yeah so i've got you know i've got my lead i've got uh, the best friend. I've got the you know the older actor, the mentor role. I'm gonna go ahead and go with you know every sitcom. I don't care how played out it is. Every sitcom needs a you know great will they want they relationship. Um, sitcoms can live or die on these, as we've seen. Uh, we've seen them both live and die on these um, relationships. Uh, you know they can start out as really kind of the heart of the show, and then you know thanks to just awful writing can end up. Uh, in a different place uh, i promise that's the last time i reference how, how i met your mother um <laughs> i really love the show i really love the show no, like, it, it sounds be. like i don't i love it i just <laughs> hate their choices um <laughs> but i need i need the will they won't they um and so this is like i said earlier this is um uh robin williams's character his talent agent uh she sets him up with uh Kamel's character and in meeting they kind of form this uh connection you know, there's real chemistry there, but they kind of butt heads as well. And she's uh, a talent agent who's very, she's kind of like infamous in the agency and uh, just like is a very tough person. And um, uh, just people don't like her very much because, you know, she's very cutthroat in the business. And so um, I'm going to go ahead with uh, Gugu and Batha Ra. Um, She's known for her roles in um, stuff like, you know, she's in, uh, she's in the Cloverfield Paradox, which is a terrible first example. Don't see that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, she's, she's in Beauty and the, and the Beast. Beast. Uh, she's also in a great episode of Black Mirror, one of my favorites, San Junipero. Um, she is kind of an underrated actress. She has kind of exploded onto the scene in the last couple of years, but I think she just has a really fun quality to her. I've never really seen her play this kind of role before. Um, Like I said, in San Junipero, she just has that really sweet romance with, um, I forgot the actress's name, but the other other character in that episode. But she, to see her kind of play the kind of butting heads with this character at first, but having like chemistry with them and kind of that will they, won't they, uh, you know, sexual tension. um, I think that would be really fun. She's a really talented young actress. Um, I think that she, you know, she's got years ahead of her in, in the in the business, and I think that this would be a really fun way to see that um, expand. I don't think she's ever starred, to my knowledge, she's never starred in a series before, other than that episode of Black Mirror. Um, and so, I think this would be a, a fun way to kind of not not that she isn't already, but kind of throw her into the mainstream. Um, and I think that, you know, we already mentioned it, Kamel can have chemistry with plastic bags. So I think that the chemistry that he could have with Gugu and Batha Ra would just be just absolutely electric. Um, I didn't mention it at the top, um, but this show will be on HBO. And so just a 
a lot of adult content. Kamel uh, <laughs> and uh, Gugu and Bathoral will be certainly uh, getting to know each other very well. Um, they're uh, both very attractive actors. And um, I think that, yeah, again, she just, um, she's a very intriguing actress. I haven't seen in a lot of things. And I would love to see her kind of take on this role. Um, and also maybe have kind of a sweet, you know, father-daughter relationship with this character. Um, I think that she, she, you know, she's playing this town agent who has worked with him for a really long time. He, um, he knew her parents, so she's kind of he's kind of had been like a, an uncle to her growing up, and as soon as she got into business, kind of worked with him, and so she's kind of helping him in this kind of last leg of his career, and so they have kind of that their their relationship will be kind of part of the heart and soul of the show, um, and so yeah, that's that's my pick for uh, the town agent. I, I like that pick, man. Um, I don't know much about her other than her role, you know, in, as, in San Junipero. Um, but she was so, you know, controlling in that role. So I, you know, I don't have much else to say other than I, I'm going to go and watch more of her, uh, her performances, really. Uh, she sounds very talented. Yeah, very young. And I just think that she's got a big future ahead of her. You know, she uh, she studied at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. Um, and so she's got kind of that classical training um, behind her. But I think that we just have not seen her really take on that role that kind of is her way of like blowing up yet. I think this would be a fun way to, to see that. She's also in Doctor Who, I didn't mention. Um, she's Tish in that show. Um, yeah, I, I obviously forgot a lot of her roles, uh, but please, I'll, I want to reinforce don't don't watch the Cloverfield Paradox. You will never get that hour and a half back. <laughs> Just don't do it. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, that's that's my pick for the, the talent agent. Um, so that I think that takes me into my next pick. Or, no, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle, aren't I? You are in the middle, I sir. Wanna, I don't want to hog the spotlight. <laughs> no, it's okay. I yeah, I was. I love ensemble sitcoms when they can kind of introduce the world to someone that they may not know or in some cases how i met your mother <laughs> would have uh, forgotten about uh so yeah awesome. i love it well, as let's, well. uh, let's go ahead and hear your next pick awesome well you know it's ironic you picked someone uh who was in beauty and the beast because uh fran drescher oh, was the star yeah. of beautician and the beast <laughs> no i'm just kidding. that's not my pick uh <laughs> my next pick uh is um and it's gonna sound a lot like Catherine Hahn, so there might be some confusion on set, uh, but she what worked with maybe the funniest man alive and yet still had the best timing in every movie she was in. Uh uh so my pick is Madeline Kahn who most people mm. will know from Young Frankenstein. Um, she was in Blazing Saddles. She was Mrs. White in Clue. Uh, and her comedic timing was just like heads and shoulders above anybody. It is so rare that someone can be on the same screen as Tim Curry for sure and take over the spotlight. Uh, and she just consistently dominated everything she was in. And my show is going to be all about timing. Uh so I uh, had to pick her. I was him and hawing about this one, going back and forth about probably 15 different people that I wanted to uh, cast slash hang out with. But 
Madeline Kahn had to be the pick because her body of work. Yeah, for sure. For uh, I like that this is kind of shaping out to be. Uh, I don't know if this is the direction you're going, but a lot of like kind of satire. It seems like uh, poking fun at the ludicrousness of this situation, you know, the setting of it, um, and. Well, the for sure, yeah, it makes fun of itself. So, uh, makes sense. so Madeline is—I mean, that's <laughs> that's the best possible pick, pick for that. Yeah, she talk about comedic timing. I mean, she's just unmatched. Uh, I love this pick. I I do too. Um, I, I love all of those roles. I I grew up on Mel Brooks. Uh, like I talked about last episode, um, every single one of those roles, she really, you know, just demands you pay attention and and watch. And she really holds her own against everyone on stage, on screen. Um, I have no problems with that at all. I I that might be my new favorite pick of yours actually <laughs> because she really might you know be the the best thing about the show going forward for sure uh yeah my only problem is that she's from boston but <laughs> ignore it we will ignore it uh so I, I think that leaves us to the the last pick the first pick of the last round and your last pick sir yeah so i had uh hinted at this in the chat with you guys uh, and told you that my first four were going to have a lot of cohesion and I think work really well together. And then the fifth was just going to come in and fuck <laughs> everything up. And I'm not sure there has ever been a person alive who was better at fucking things up. Than <laughs> oh, yeah, sir. So especially, you know, it taking place in Greenland, which is a foreign land, uh, so the amount of characters mm. that Andy would be able to bring in, including his foreign man or Latka Gravas from Taxi or honestly uh, performing as fucking Elvis in John Lee Guizamo's room. Uh, but also I would just want to be on that set to see everything that the genius that was Andy Kaufman could come up with Uh this is purely a chaos pick because I love chaos. Uh, and if a show is going to fail, I want it to be because we tried too hard and not because we didn't try hard enough. <laughs> oh, man. Andy, with that cast right there, would be so fun, man. Oh, yeah. That's that's absolute chaos in the best way. I, I If you haven't checked out, I mean, Andy Coffin's work speak for, speaks for itself, but... If you haven't seen either, you know, the, the film Man on the Moon or Jim and Andy on Netflix, please check it out. Uh, it's all about Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman in the film Man on the Moon um, and really kind of goes into like just the absolute insanity that was Andy Kaufman. Uh, there's never really been anyone like him since. Um, and I really love the I mean, I love this the idea for this show but i really love the behind the scenes idea of just how much chaos he would cause on the set like i just ah that's that's super fun especially with like madeline khan that would be really fun to see them kind of play off of each other that's that's fun yeah i would never be able to guess what he was going to do on the show next um you know you're just <laughs> always going to be like okay where's andy at and what, what is it about yeah. to happen um i i dig that so much yeah it may it may actually hinder him that it won't be filmed live in front of a studio audience, unlike 
almost everything else he's done, but uh, you know, I can't have a laugh track on my show. So <laughs> just just cut the laughter out afterwards, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's great. Um yeah, that's a fantastic cast right there, man. I I really like it. Uh I I think Andy Kaufman is now my favorite pick. You keep changing it, you know, you keep getting better and better. So you ended on a super strong note for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and roll into I think my final pick. Um Yes, sir. Okay, so I've got uh Kamel Nanjiani playing my lead role. He is an aspiring screenwriter. I've got Mark Duplass as his, his best friend slash human disaster. Um, I've got Gugu and Bathara as his love interest, kind of as well they won't they. Uh, and then I've got, you know, Robin Williams as the, the older actor who kind of forms this bond with Kamel. Um, I also wanted, I think that just as important as the will they won't they relationship in a sitcom you need to have the solid relationship. You need to have the Marshall and Lily. Um, well, you know, she left. Him. We don't talk <laughs> about that. Uh, <laughs> but it, it didn't really happen. I mean, I'm not going to argue, um, but I, I've spent enough time trashing how I met your mother. Uh, <laughs> but I do think that it's important to have this relationship maybe a better example is you know chandler and monica just just kind of that solid relationship that provides a foil to the will they won't they you know with the will they won't they relationship it's just i mean get over yourselves you know get together or don't and you get tired of that after a while and so with this relationship Mm -hmm. it's just those people who are just committed from the moment they meet um uh you know uh through thick and thin um and so for this pick i'm going with someone who again is a bit of a newer face uh this cast ended up being a lot um, newer than i expected but i think that i'm just so impressed by the comedy genre on television right now and all the new that we're seeing and so um, this is certainly one of them um she just has a really fun kind of sarcastic snarky quality to her um but also when she needs to really is able to bring the heart um she uh i love her in crazy rich asians and especially in uh, the farewell um i'm going with aquafina um so yeah this is uh mm. she she's also uh, kind of an aspiring actor in hollywood um she meets uh mark duplass's character at his bar um that he's bartending and they just immediately fall in love um in the pilot episode and they are just kind of that solid relationship throughout the series you know they're um and they you know they kind of provide the as Kamel gets to know her through Mark Duplass they're kind of the the standard by which he kind of judges his relationship with Gugu and Bathara and they're always kind of they're just the steady part of this show um with the show that is like I said you know it's written by Bill Hader and Phoebe's so it's kind of going to be unpredictable for a while um a lot of twists and turns and I think that uh, very cynical most of the time and so having that balance of this relationship between the two of them it's just a very pure relationship that kind of doesn't get shaken by any, by anything um and also you know it's just like she has no problem with mark duplass just only wanting to be a bartender like that's what he wants to do and uh that makes him happy and so that makes her happy and so just having them is kind of that pure relationship that you can look at and say oh um and again i love aquafina she is a new talent, but she just has really impressed me so far. Also in um, 
I think it's called Nora from Queens on uh, TBS. Uh, TBS is kind of a shit show recently, but <laughs> she's super funny on that show. Um, and yeah, she's just, uh, she's a new face, but she has really impressed me. She's got a very like, uh, she's able to really make fun of herself and make fun of others and just kind of rib people. And I think that would be fun to see her play off of Mark Duplass that way. Um, yeah. I, I love that pick, man. Um, I actually had her on my board for a second, but you didn't steal her. Uh, <laughs> so clearly, she, she's very well liked. And it, I mean, she's, she's just fun and she can play a lot of different roles, you know, while, while I feel like being very relatable uh, to the current generation. I, I feel like she'll be able to really tie like the younger people to this, sh- to this show, you know, for sure. And, uh, and run with it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's older than me, so thank you for calling her younger. <laughs> well, she has a very young vibe, you know. I, 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 you know, I would say Aquafina could probably play like a 20, 22, 23 year old, and no one would blink. Yeah, for sure. She is. She's. Yeah, she could play anywhere between twenty and fifty. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. Aquafina. <laughs> oh right. man. Um. So Damon, that takes us to I think your last two picks uh i is it my last two or is it my it's my last one? Oh, you just last one just last, okay no yeah. just last one so so of course and actually who i was going to have for aquafina was going to be this next uh person this next character okay. uh but i went with someone else um but they kind of have a similar energy except i wanted more chaos like i said i <laughs> wanted very high energy these people <laughs> be like whatever yes. i want a lot of silliness to happen and uh this role is the role of the stoner slacker. You know, the she's going to be kind of high 24-7 through the show. And uh, that's going to be Alana Glazer. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, she's playing Ada it. Wolf, who's the stoner of the Fun Center, and she's super proud of it. Uh, she's like, she's loved, she's into the cannabis girl lifestyle. You know, she has her own like lead tube channel. She's, you know, she loves to talk about it. She's just, that's her, you know, kind of her thing. And no one really cares. You know, that'll kind of be the thing. Everyone kind of smokes weed now. Even your grandma does. So, you know, <laughs> even in Texas, a lot of people do smoke weed in Texas. Uh, <laughs> I, I grew up in Louisiana. I can tell you a lot of people smoked weed there. So, uh, but that's besides the point, you know? So, but and that'll also be kind of fun, you know, because you will we'll see people in, in Texas who kind of won't enjoy it as much but for the most part you know everyone no one really cares that much about weed anymore you know as far as it being taboo uh you know so it'll be kind of fun to play off of that but alana's just a super fun you know she can play kind of laid back you know she doesn't give a care about what's going on and then she can be very perky very happy and excitable and i i kind of like that kind of juxtaposition um for her to be able to go back and forth depending on what's needed of the role um she's also she loves she's going to be running the go-kart track is going to be her actual uh role at the fun center <laughs> you know just oh, someone's gonna die. going out there to hang out with her and see how she's doing and you know it'll be just really random you know her sending out the kids r- rolling around in the go-kart saying really random things um I I just think Alana with that cast with her and and Jake and her and and, uh, Caitlin Olsen, especially, I think would Mm. be so fun on screen together. Um, 
I, I need to see her in more stuff. Really, you know, I'm sad Broad City's over. So that's that's really why I'm casting her because yeah. I, I just really want to see her on the screen again. Yeah. She seems like she'd be a great kind of uh, Chelsea Perez yes, vibe for sure. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Really interested to like- see how she plays off of Michael J. Fox, too. I love that he's in there because we've never really gotten to see him play off of any of these people. And so that's that's fun because he, you know, he is an absolute comedic treasure. But we, yeah, to see him play off of these people in kind of a new kind of thing because he's the new guy. He's the, the young blood. That would be really, really fun to see. I think his scenes with Ilana would be the best in the show. Yes, I would love that. I mean, I really would love to see this show happen and seeing Michael J. Fox play with the a more modern cast. And I I, th- I think he'd be able to to excel really, you know. Um not many I don't know if as many comedians could, you know, make that jump from then to, to now. I think Michael J could do it pretty fairly seamlessly. Yeah, for sure. Um Yes, for sure. Yeah, he was one of, seems like one of the first that had that vibe of like phenomenal comedian, but could switch to drama. Yeah. Before you mm-hmm. even saw it coming and just kind of level you. That's a, it, a it great is. I, I, I couldn't do wrong with that one. I was so glad y'all didn't go with Michael J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was going to ruin it if you, someone else had him. Um, but I think that finishes up my <laughs> cast, uh, and I think that finishes up the the draft, guys. Yeah, I really, I'm shocked that Kyle did not pick uh, Jason Siegel. I really thought he well, was the first I, coming I off the Austin board. Off, I won't say off camera, but before we recorded, so this one's for you, buddy. I'm taking a shot for every time he got something wrong. Oh, beautiful! That, I mean, I got. Yeah, five you know, wrong, Jason but, was one of my first uh, picks. Um, so actually, he and Jason Sudeikis were two of my uh, picks for uh, Mark Duplass's role. Um, I think all three of them kind of fit that bill, but I just I've been on a Mark Duplass kick recently a lot, um, and so yeah, he was the ultimate one I went with. But I think all three of them are relatively interchangeable. <laughs> uh, the the pick I had the hardest to with yeah. was, of course, the Michael J. Fox pick. Because like before I, I came on him, I was like, I needed something young, someone young and and kind of excitable, but, you know, could kind of be witty and and could, you know, you could see him kind of be popular. I went from like Sean Jambrone from uh, yeah. Goldberg to I went to, um, oh, I cannot, I can't, I can't think of his name, but Fresh Off the Boat plays Eddie. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, yes. I mean, Jim um, I, I I thought... <laughs> that's it yes uh no you know actually speaking of randall park guys by the way yeah the kid yeah the kid uh who plays eddie yeah Uh, he's only 16 though so i wanted to go a little older Mm -hmm. um but speaking of randall park you know i i wrote a couple cameos did y'all have any uh extra thoughts about y'all show what you wanted to happen or any extra yes one thousand percent i was hoping we would get to this uh, go ahead and start us off, Austin. What, uh, who else were you going to have on your show? Mm. Uh, so Vanessa Bayer is just like, uh, I, for some reason, just always seem to forget about her, even though the, <laughs> just the Totino's commercials on SNL alone would be <laughs> enough to elevate her above almost anybody. But then her turn in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, if you haven't 
watch oh my I think God. you should leave on Netflix. Watch it right now because so it is good. the best thing Netflix has ever done. Uh it it took so so much uh for me um to not pick Tim Robinson or Sam Richardson. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't separate the two. So uh I really wanted to pick Harris Whittles. Uh, if you guys don't oh, know him, yeah. he played Harris, the uh, uh, okay. animal control guy in Parks and Rec, and he yeah. died way too young. Uh, he died when he was really 30. Sad. That was honestly one of the ones that hit me the hardest because he was just fucking unstoppable in everything he did, everything yeah. he wrote. Uh, oh, my God. I wanted Gilda Radner, oh, yeah. of course. Uh, I really wanted so when I I had written a completely different plot treatment uh, that relied a lot more on deadpan. Um, so I had original I originally wanted oh man uh, uh, Phil Hartman in it because he can just do no wrong. And then I was going back and forth between Phil Hartman and Kevin Klein. Uh, there's just there are too many just people absolute that I love. SNL this was best, but I love it. Very uh, difficult. Vanessa. Oh, I had Philip Seymour Hoffman in there that's... too. If that cuts it at all, wow. and Maya Rudolph. Philip that's more SNL. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. True. You might would have, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dan... Although honestly, he was on the, in the movie with that's Matt true. Damon and Jude Law, and they all held their own. So. Uh, Which I'm getting more and Jude's more Jude Law appreciation. I don't think I had seen anything of his like until three years ago when I watched The Holiday, and I was just like, "How is this guy <laughs> this frustratingly attractive?" I don't understand. Like, uh, I'll throw your recommendation uh, then, man. Uh, definitely then, yeah. watch. Of course, now I'm blanking of what movie I was going to recommend you, um, and I'm not even high. Just to let everyone know. <laughs> I'm sober right now. Uh, I, I think that's why I forgot, actually. <laughs> um, well, light up. We both live in uh, legal states. Uh, true, true. Yeah, so I had a couple I was throwing around for cameos. Um, I really wanted to to bring in... Um, where is it? I really wanted to bring in, at some point, Cal Penn uh maybe as camille's brother um cameo love that cameo and maybe a couple <gasps> episodes wait up? kyle what I episode of Cal Cal <laughs> yeah uh yeah. just a disclaimer if you haven't watched buffy okay. <laughs> and you're watching it go ahead and just skip beer bad uh you won't miss anything <laughs> how such a bad dare episode. you <laughs> I just sat there oh, with my I mouth open black the whole time. right now. I mean, it was just shocking. Um, anyway, Cal Penn is is the is the best. I love him. Uh, also, an How I Met Your Mother alum. Um, I think that he would have been fun as you know as Camille's brother in a couple episodes. Kind of comes to just mess with him. Um, I also played around with the idea of um, Jim Rash from Community. Um, he plays my absolute favorite side character in a sitcom ever in community as as the dean dean craig belton just an absolute freak uh and he <laughs> it's so funny too when you're watching that show you have to remind yourself that this is an oscar-winning director uh it's so funny for the descendants of all things um 
Oh wow! Yeah. I did not know so that. So strange. What a weird world we live in. There's a GIF. Yeah, I mean, the identity of him uh, and Chang dancing, and it's like, uh, what, whatever Chang used to do. Uh, oh uh, God. A PhD in something, you know, PhD and award-winning director right here, and it's them in drag. <laughs> um, yeah, but oh, no. more importantly, you say GIF, Kyle. Austin, Austin I thought I thought we were simpatico. That's another podcast. Like, my what? Friend. Um, what the fuck? You know, some people are right and some people are wrong. We'll oh let, my uh, god! Decide which are which. <laughs> this is where we're gonna get our first feedback from y'all. Is, is, is angry, oh angry letters. Yeah, the, the, the season five finale of Buffy is called The Gist, so let me know when you get to that. I hate you. Uh, uh, Damon, uh, I want to hear some of your cameos. Uh, yeah, so, so one I really would love to see is because I, I just did a rewatch of Scrubs, and it's one of my favorite shows ever, and I want to see Donald Faison on everything. Oh, so I would like a, a slightly older Donald, like maybe like right after, like right towards like season seven Scrubs. And he's playing Jordan Faulkner, uh, playing Julius's son, mm. uh, like an NBA point guard, uh, former NBA point guard. He's retired, and he actually uh, <laughs> owns his own fitness center. And so, like, he's like this retired NBA guy, and he's he's kind of famous around where he lives, and and uh, he, he's just really fun. And I I just think Donald would be fun to have that his, him and Andre together yeah. as a father and son. Um. And then, mm. and then I thought, like you said, you, you mentioned Randall Park, Austin. I wanted Randall Park as the owner of the rival family entertainment center. Called, <laughs> called, oh, yes. Yeah. He's, he's the he perfect is. foil. To and it's, it's actually even going to be called Babes in Joyland <laughs> because he thinks it's really cool and not creepy <laughs> as hell. Uh, essentially, the show is just going to be his character trying to not be creepy, but be it's going to essentially be creepier and creepier. <laughs> That's incredible. I gotta say, Randall, Randall uh, Park, his role in great. Man and the Wasp, like I, it's kind of it's up there as my one of my favorites. It's such a weird pick, but he's so damn funny in that movie. Like he just, he, there's something about him. He's so, I think, especially in this kind of role, like trying his best not to be a creep, but he's so affable and so like friendly. And you're just like you, you understand what you're doing, right? Like it's just, oh, that's that's so funny. I love yeah. it. Oh, I mean, if you haven't seen Fresh Off the Boat, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it, it it has so many good parts, so many good role characters, um, and he's so good in that. Um, I, that's really the only cameos I came up with because I could have just kept listing yeah. them. So I just got to stop there. Um, but I, I did mm-hmm. write some some notes about the show. Uh, I, I just wanted to share real quick. Uh, have you all seen Superstore? Yes. So... Yes. Yeah, I was as soon as you started talking about it. it so oh, I didn't even mention it's this is going to be on the NBC comedy block. So it's going to have that same kind of vibe, the same kind of like uh camera feel, but uh of course I wanted the transitions from scene to scene to kind of be like Superstore, you know, just showing really random things happening in the fun center when we're not with mm. characters, you know, like Yeah. <laughs> as someone who works retail it really is because you're like yep i've seen that before yep that would happen just a random kid licking a lollipop just that was going <laughs> uh, I, I just love that um but yeah did y'all have anything else i wanted to mention about your show you know maybe some sort of cliffhanger or plot twist uh 
terrible season finale <laughs> that, that you know that tends to happen. Uh, I wasn't planning on having any major romantic plot points in mine, which I know is incredibly rare because as I was writing it, I was trying to think of one and I could not think of a single right. sitcom that doesn't have a major romantic plot point. Uh, but really cool, you know, I like that. We're breaking boundaries. Fuck that. A lot of people get sick and tired of the will they, won't they, or even like the, the married couple that nag each other, you know? So it would be really cool to just see a show that just has none of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I so the only notes yeah. I had for mine was that because it's about a screenwriter, a lot of it would be, um, it's essentially just a love letter to Hollywood, but not necessarily to movies. Um, it's a love letter to just the weirdness of Hollywood and just like you know, I I used to live in L.A. for a few years and uh, just like the, you know, you're you just run into someone who's late for an audition and um, it's just a weird place it, it's weird um and i think that the show would be kind of a love letter to that but also to like the entitled uh attitude of all the actors that live there and so kamel would be you know meeting all these before he meets gugu and bought the raw just on the dating scene meeting all these actresses who think they're the next you know meryl streep uh that would be kind of my my backdrop meeting them all at this at at this bar that uh mark duplass tends um just kind of a love letter to just the weirdness of of hollywood um yeah i i really like that because you know we really don't see enough of that from hollywood you know it just shows a lot of the the glitz and glam and i li- I would like to see that the difference between the privilege of the the actors you know he's going to be around and and then him and his group of friends are going to be you know more on the the eclectic side uh i'd I really like that backdrop for this show. I, I would love to see a real sitcom, you know, kind of take that I think approach. The closest we've come to it was like maybe Entourage. Um, show wasn't always great, but I always loved that it kind of picked fun and, and you know, uh, was always set in that world. Um, but yeah, I think that it's just such a fascinating backdrop uh, anyway. Um, and instead of being like a love letter to movies themselves, which I certainly could get down with as well. I love movies, but just to just a great picture of just how weird LA is. I think there's a lot of shows that do that, but kind of indirectly. Um, I mentioned Barry before. Barry does a great job of that, of kind of capturing how weird actors can be. <laughs> uh, um, love that show. Um, but yeah, yeah, this would just be taking that a, a step further. Um, and again, I just, you know, it's a big blind spot. Haven't seen Silicon Mountain Valley, but I just really want to see Camille Nanjiani lead a show. The guy's just on fire right now. I agree. He he should be in everything. I cannot wait for the Eternals. Yes, absolutely. He. I think it was. Um, I don't think it was delayed because I the podcast he does. He was talking about how they had to be you know flown out of uh, Italy when everything was shutting down. But I think they filmed all the the major stuff for that. So fingers crossed. Sweet. So it only it just got delayed the normal the six months. I, I think it'll be showing in February if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think so. Yeah, originally November, but you know, I mean, we should be watching it. I've already watched Black Widow by now, but you know, we won't get right. into that. <laughs> uh, I will say uh, just, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, one we'll, last note about my show. Uh, you know, uh, mine would be just essentially just to kind of show a dysfunctional work family. You know, that's kind of an all work 
work, you know, work comedies is, is, but I also want to show that and also kind of people at different stages of their lives and just how they deal with, with kind of the monotony, you know, just having to, having to accept maybe not being where they want to be in life, or maybe they are having, they're still having a lot of life to live and they're having expectations and, you know, maybe those are falling short. And so I just, you know, trying to really show life and how shitty it can be and the people that can kind of make it better. For sure. Uh, I kind of really want to sh- kind of show that with this show. I love that. But, uh, Austin, did you say what network your show would be, uh, would be airing on? I did not. Uh, mine would be HBO because honestly, the biggest reason for me is because I want <laughs> it to be released weekly. I do not want it to just be a major dump of like, yeah. hey, here are all of our episodes. Watch them at your own will. I think the best part of enjoying a show is actually watching it at the same time as a large group of people and being a part of that zeitgeist and kind of like, again, I say I'm very bougie. Uh, and uh, <laughs> pretty dickish about the things I like. So, like, I hated Game of Thrones the first three times I tried to watch it. Could not get past the first four episodes and then finally made it through and was just like, oh, my God, I wish I had watched this from the beginning with everybody because it would have made it so much better being able to appreciate it while it was going on with an insanely large group of people. I think that's part of what made Breaking Bad so great for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's why Better Call Saul I, is so I didn't great. Come to Game of Thrones until the the break between season so, six and seven. Um, I had already been listening to to binge mode for so long, and I was just like, I I gotta I gotta finally dive in and, and be one of the millions of people. So I agree. I think that there is something special about and and with a sitcom too. Like that, you know, we we do live in an era where like we can just log into Netflix and watch the whole thing in a night. And getting to getting it week by week is kind of a treat now and so that's yeah especially for a show that's like funny it's consistently something you can laugh at week by week that's that's super fun Uh, yeah that's uh, one of the great things about insecure too is that like because i have to work late sundays i know i can't log on to twitter until the next morning because i know it's going to be blowing up that's true but then going through and reading everybody's tweets that's why the last dance was so great was because we were oh, all yeah, kind of sure. participating together. I can't mind that. I will say though, there's something about watching a comedy show all the way, like just binging like four, five, six episodes all the way through. Like there's just something about that kind of that mold, that meld of, of comedy. It, it just like the ones that are really written really well, it just kind of highlights it even more. It, sometimes. it definitely made community really enjoyable for me. So I, I watched that when it got dropped on Netflix and so kind of just burned through it in a week. <laughs> um, and it, it does, it makes the callbacks better, I think, cause you're, it's so fresh in your mind and, you know, community especially is so good about callbacks. It's really well-written. Um, <laughs> oh God. The yeah. fucking uh, uh, Beetlejuice. Is... yeah but even sure. binging yeah, that, it's, i don't think that show would be able to pick up on um, but yeah um man i want to watch all three of these shows today i mean that's these sound like just such a good time they are uh, uh if you wanted to go ahead and run yours down real quick austin and just recap your cast with your showrunner uh and then we'll do that for everyone uh just to give everyone a refresher in case they uh forgot <laughs> 
Yes, uh, mine is called Camp Century. It's about Project Iceworm. That uh, was a just batshit crazy CIA project, as almost all of them are. Uh, my cast is Lakeith Stanfield, Catherine Hahn, John Lee Guizamo, Andy Kaufman, um, and holy <laughs> fuck, uh, Madeline Kahn. Uh, my showrunner is Prentice Penny, who is just a genius. Uh, one of the great things, too, about having it on HBO is that there will be an unlimited yeah. amount of bonus content. Uh, you can have director conversations and <laughs> videos of what the hell Andy Kaufman is doing. Uh, honestly, speaking of The Last Dance, he just kind of reminds me of Dennis Rodman, where it's like they would be halfway through <laughs> filming a season and he'd be like oh by the way i gotta go to vegas and perform as elvis so you guys are left on your own in greenland for three months and they would just have to deal with it because he's that much of a force oh man Uh, although i do love everybody on this cast and i'm hoping that he doesn't it'll be interesting it'll be fun but i'm I'm going with Andy Kaufman now too i forgot we were supposed to say eric but he is definitely still alive so and he'd right. only be like definitely still 50, got his wits about 60 him. now, something like that. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's just hanging out with Elvis and Salman Rushdie. Oh man, I love that. Oh, okay, Kyle. Uh, what's uh, your cast? If you yeah, want to recap so that for uh, the big show that I just came up with now, um, that I will not be keeping. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's written by Boy <laughs> Bridge. Um, it stars Kamal Nanjiani. Kamal Nanjiani. Um, he's an aspiring screenwriter. We got Mark Duplass, The Raw, um, Robin Williams, and Aquafina. And it's all about Hollywood, baby. Are you are you worried that the show might get confused <laughs> with the Netflix show, The Big Show Show? I am now. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, that's as long as it doesn't get confused yeah. with Mr. Show. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I love your cast just because Robin Williams and Aquafina on the oh, same man. screen would just blow my yeah. mind. And I, who knows what would happen? Uh, I, I really want to watch that. And Camille is, I think, just going to probably end up being one of the the shining stars of the, the next 10, 15 years, I, I, I would say. So, <laughs> yes, very Not much. Um, all right, then I guess I'll go ahead and uh, roll through mine real quick. Uh, so I, my show is The Fun Center, you know, a nice little family entertainment uh, center that you go and have fun at. It's going to be ran by this nice little ragtag group of insane, chaotic people, uh, including Andre Brower, uh, Caitlin Olson, 1985, Michael J. Fox, Jake Johnson, and Alana Glazer. Uh, and it's just going to be them trying to live through life, uh, maybe not as content and as happy as they could be, but still trying to find, you know, some, some silver linings while also just being really chaotic and, and really fun. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff's going to go wrong at this place. Yeah. And I, I love, uh, like, talk about like favorite picks i think actually my favorite pick for yours is not any of the cast members is my judge um just because of like i mean look at beavis and butthead and 
like that. Like he's just mm. so well suited for something like this. Uh, this would be, I mean, right at, right in his wheelhouse. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, him and George Bush are going to work. Well George together. is going to be a very big part of the show. Okay, um, I'm thinking actually, Caitlin's character. Oh, I didn't mention her name. Crystal Lynn is going to be her Crystal name in the show. She's going to be a. <laughs> That's it's two, it's words, two words. Yeah. yeah, two words. Um, Crystal Lynn. Yep. Crystal Lynn. And uh, but okay. I so she's going to be a big uh, Bush fan. I'm sure she is. <laughs> I mean, who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a list of war criminals, he's top five funniest. For Texas sure. loves those war criminals, you know. Oh, I, I, I joke, but, um, the, you know that. Yeah, I, I love Mike Judge. I, I think that's really what's going to make my show, just because he's able to really work well with relatability and like he knows kind of the the temperature in Texas. You know, he knows what's funny and what'll what'll mm-hmm. roll and what won't. Uh, so I, I, I couldn't go with anyone but Mike Judge. Sure. I just started watching uh, King of the Hill recently because I I was always like, you know, the only good thing I like is that Peggy plays Boggle as a Boggle aficionado myself. Again, I say I'm bougie. Uh, but I started watching it recently. I was like, oh, man, I didn't realize that it was satirical. As an eight-year-old, I was just like, no, fuck these yeah. people. Their opinions are bullshit. But it's an absolute classic. Um, starting to gain an appreciation. <laughs> I love it. These are, man, I love all three of these sitcoms. Um, But uh, as always, guys, if you uh, agree, disagree, if you want to watch these shows, comments, questions, concerns, love letters, uh, (laughs) hit us up at uh, planetfantasypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to hear some feedback on this. Uh, Austin, man, thank you so much for coming on. This was, this is a blast. Yeah, I'm sorry. You guys told me that you what you needed was more animosity, and I made the mistake of drinking <laughs> wine instead of whiskey tonight. So I was a little too lovey dovey. So next time I'll uh, switch it up and yes, please do. Yourself. You know, we we just we just need that in our in our podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, if and no one else has anything to add, um, I think that's going to be a that's wrap right. for us today. No problem, Austin. Uh, we'll have you me. again sometime soon. And also, guys, really, guys, really, just All right, can't afford to it. don't watch the Cloverfield Paradox. We'll just watch the How I Met Your Mother. Oh, God. Worse. All right, guys, before uh, we're going to stop talking bad about How I Met Your Mother, uh, we're going to talk good about it one day. <laughs> um, but I think that's it, everybody. And until next time, later. we'll see you then. Bye, guys.